Hello, everyone, and welcome to Well Played Podcast, a podcast all about playful learning. Together, we explore the power of learning through play and finding the joy in the journey. With me, I have Chris Hesselbein, his Twitter handle, at Chris Hesselbein. We are going to be chatting about Square One, getting started with gamification. I am super excited to dive in because this is just a a perennial topic that I could talk about all the time, and I think it really helps get people in. But before we do, I want Chris to sort of introduce himself a bit. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Uh, Chris Hasselbein. I am an innovation strategist, TOSA, uh, with the Lake Oswego School District out in Portland, Oregon. Uh, but originally, I am from your hometown, uh, the home area, uh, Wisconsin area. Yeah. And- yeah, uh, and we I got to meet you at a conference. It was it was so cool in Milwaukee, and uh, it was a great time. We'll be there again, Summer Spark. I was going to uh, say you're coming this year. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming. And we're talking about this, and we're talking about designing leaderboards, and I'm even going to share some of the stuff that I've been doing in my school district to create communities of innovation. So super excited uh, to be hanging out at Spark again with you this summer. I'm excited to have you. Uh, for anybody listening, Summer Spark's a great conference. Check it out. Uh, it's just USM Spark is the uh, Twitter handle, and from there you can get all sorts of information. It is a great conference, two-day yeah. conference in June. Really fun. Good size, great atmosphere. Yeah. So uh, I saw – so I for everybody to know, I guess I saw Chris present last year at Summer Spark – and he did this session on beginning gamification, and it was an awesome presentation on beginning gamification. So for the first time, having Chris on the show, it had to be this topic. <laughs> like, of course. Uh, I know. Thank you. Chris can, do, Chris can talk well beyond the beginner gamification. Chris has done a lot, but um, it was just such a really good session. So uh, I guess my my opening question for you is when you sat down to design that that presentation, you know, how did you go about it? Because gamification is so wide, it's so big, it can it can turn into something so huge. Uh, and I mean that in the, the good sense of the word, not like not not unwieldy or big, but uh, you it can get as large as you want. Yeah, it can get out of hand because you get really excited designing something. And once you design it, you want to grow it. And I mean, it's, it's a whole process and it's never really done. Uh, you can never get to the point where you're like, this this game is as good as it'll ever get. It, it just won't happen. Um, but uh, but it, when I was designing this session, I think I was I was inspired because uh, I, a couple years years ago, um, I was going to give like a, a little session on it, like gamification tools to use for it. And I, I started to understand that not a whole lot of people really understood what it was and everyone un- understood a little part of it. You know, everyone's touching the elephant in the room, but nobody really had the the big picture that I was looking for to really sure. explain. Like, like, yeah, leaderboard. Sure. Yeah, sure. Badges. Okay. Levels, XP, characters, stories, websites, like, but why, why are we doing all this? And so I really tried to put together like a cohesive structure to, to be like, well, this is why gamification is just good teaching. So I actually started kind of reverse engineering it and linking it up to educational psychology and the stuff that good teachers just do anyway. So I was like, what are the, what are the the elements that we need? And so I've, 
I've identified three um, identity challenge and feedback. And those, that's my like secret sauce recipe that anyone can use to be like, check, check, check. Do I have those three things and are they playing well together? And you got a game. So that's, that's kind of how I look at it. I love it. Um, that's an interesting like take. It was identity challenge, challenge and feedback and feedback. Um, yeah. And that loosely comes out of uh, Daniel Pink's Drive research. Uh, if you read Drive, yep, uh, yeah, a great short, awesome read. But it really, it's about his his three motivators uh, for people are purpose, autonomy, and uh, mastery. Right. So identity in a game gives you purpose, and then the challenge structure of a game and the choice you have gives you autonomy within the game, and then the the feedback. Uh, mechanism that gives you the, the mastery drive. So really, I, I piggybacked off of his ideas about what motivates people. And then I looked for, well, what what game design elements do we use to actually engage purpose, autonomy, and mastery? So that's kind of loosely how I structured that. I love it. Um, what, I, what I really like is, it, you know, in gamification, I, I, in your story, you'd really talk about how it's just good design, right? You know, um, and that is what I found, you know, over and over with gamification, whether uh, it's me retooling a unit or me, you know, applying something or me listening to other people like from well-played community or the XP lab community tell me how they've like changed their design around. And when you hear them describe it or I describe it myself, what you hear is just intentionality behind their design. They've just designed with greater intentionality. They've really like thought about the players. They've thought about like how they're going to move for that experience, um, how they're going to feel, you know? And then ultimately they're like, this was a great lesson. The kids loved it. And you're like, yep. Like <laughs> it's yeah. not, it's not like a secret. It's just, yeah. we don't often apply that kind of intentionality to our lesson design. I think sometimes yeah. we're so just content focused, like, did I hit the standards? Did I do this? You know, do I have some sort of assessment? Check, check, check. And like, do we stop and think, is this the right assessment? Did we think about like, is this the like 10 millionth like essay we've asked them to write either us ourselves or like school itself, right? Like we are part of that whole beast and you know, like we, we gotta be adding variety and you know, in their experience. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just well, it's it's true. Good good uh good lesson design and good game design are, are really the same thing. You know, where where you you walk in, you have that great lesson, and you're like, why was it good? It was good because the kids were engaged. They wanted to do it. They took it to their own place. They they did things that you didn't anticipate them doing. You know, like you. So uh, one of my favorite lessons was uh, I was a sixth grade math teacher. And so we would do like perimeter and area and we were working with like complex area. So we would take shoe boxes and deconstruct them and then figure out exactly how much cardboard it took to make the shoe box. But I put that in a narrative of, okay, you're, you're in charge of a shoe box company, right? And right. you need to present what's the best design. And so I just kind of gave them that little, little bit of narrative. And then I had like choices on, uh, you know, they could either uh, look for the most environmentally friendly or the best looking or, you know, like, how were they going to play this? So I gave them that choice as to, you know, like what's most important to them. And then uh, I and then I, you know, had 
real feedback at the end where they presented it out to the class and people got to like vote on the different shoe boxes, you know, but that that's all three elements right there. And on the last day, I didn't tell them to do this, but they came dressed up and like, like, you know, suits and everything. And I was like, I didn't ask you to do that, but I gave you permission. Yep. I gave purpose and I gave you some, some choice in your challenge. And, uh, and I made the feedback authentic and real, and it wasn't a game. It was just a good lesson design. Yeah. What I love on that story is, uh, I often joke when sometimes I'm presenting and teachers come up afterwards and like, I get, I get how you can gamify a world history class. Like, you know, and why they get it is because I just walked through 60 minutes of examples from a world history class. Like, I don't think my class is any easier to gamify or harder to gamify. Um, and what I love about it is I always joke that I think math is the originally gamified course because, because of story problems. Because like, like in large part, gamification is setting in motion a context for learning. Like it is a little bit of a role play. It's a little bit of, hey, let's imagine we're shipwrecked. Let's imagine we're going on you know a train across the country whatever like whatever the theme is you've given them this context and because of that all sorts of experiences happen and up to the point where like kids themselves take ownership in that experience and come dressed up kids take ownership and do that little extra or ask about that little extra um but it's just it's just sometimes that context changes a whole lot so when we're talking about beginning gamification I mean, I know so many people think it's silly, but like just re-theming some of the experiences in your class, you know, don't call it a test, call it, you know, call it whatever fits the context of your theme, you know, uh, rename certain things. And I know that sounds silly, like you're like, well, who cares if I rename the groups guilds, like in my class, it changes something like in their head, like they are part of a guild, which yes, is the same thing as being a part of a group, but like. They care more. I don't know why, but they do. It's it's that purpose, that identity. It's it's uh, uh, one of the one of the papers I, I read uh, when I was getting this started was by James Paul Gee, who's a researcher out of University of Wisconsin Madison, I believe. But he's like uh, he said, whatever identity you're going to uh, give to your students, make it an identity of success. It, it you know they can be like a swamp monster, but are they a successful swamp monster? <laughs> like, like that's the thing that I think sometimes uh, kids just need that opportunity, that permission to kind of step out of themselves uh, into a different identity. So just by allowing them to uh, have a nickname, to, pre to pretend to be on a different team, a guild, to be part of a kingdom, uh, to allow them to step into that space. It's a safe space where they don't have to be themselves all the time, where they have a different mission than just getting through lunch without being bullied. You know, um, I that, think that, that identity piece is so important. That reminds me of, uh, came across my Twitter feed about a month ago. Uh, there was this research where it was a math class and they had one, one group just take the math class or math test. Another group took the math class or test, but they uh, dressed up like superheroes. That was the only difference. <laughs> and like the kids that dressed up like superheroes had like a marked difference. It was like 10 or 15% greater scores on the tests. Like that's insane. But like kids want to be part of something greater 
than than what they're part of. I mean, think about it. Remember when you were a kid, like you so in some respects wanted to be adult. You were sick of being told to do this, told to do that, told to do this. School in its regular environment is just another spot where you're told to do X, Y, and Z. The moment you're invited on an adventure, right? And as you point out, like to be successful, right? Like they're excited. They're ready to like take on the adventure. Like you give them, you're giving them that permission. Yeah. And I think, you know, kids, they have that energy. And when you give them permission to enter that space and to, to, you know, start making it their own, um, I think it's just really important to not get in their way. You know, it's, it's, it's really, it's really difficult with, you know, like all the rules and constraints of school. Sometimes I think we get in their way and we stop the creativity and we stop the momentum. So creating a, a game space in which they can explore, uh, feel like their characters are growing, uh, be getting this feedback, uh, you know, having having their own opportunities to choose what they want to do, uh, that really, uh, really motivates them, I think. And uh, it's just like, just don't get in the way of that. You, you see something happening, like, how do you channel it? How do you how do you keep going with that? I didn't I didn't be like, hey kids, your your clothing is not up to dress code when they came in dressed up as CEOs for the shoebox presentation. I was like, yeah, roll with it. This is great. Okay, fine. I'll uh, you know, <laughs> I'll play along, right? And I think that uh, one of the one of the terms I like to use uh, is uh, is a collaborative fiction that you create uh, in your classroom. And I think we all do that, right? We we all have like little nicknames and little stories about what our classroom is. And uh, we together create those with our students about what this space is. Uh, we tell a story together and we inhabit that space together. It's a, it's a safe space to be in. Uh, so the more we can codify that collaborative fiction, really actually go out there and say, you know what? We are on a pirate ship. <laughs> I am your captain, you know, like, and, you know, it doesn't have to be that, you know, 24 seven, but when you need that space, you can enter in it. And everyone in that space has a common language, you know? Yeah. It, really important for everyone like listening to something that Chris said there is you don't have to be in that space 24 seven, but when you design it right and you create it and you do bring that enthusiasm often enough you can always enter that space when you need to have that space and and it, you'll be impressed and amazed at how that that space becomes a safe space for students to to almost take on these new identities these new roles these new challenges and out of those new identities new roles new challenges comes new found success for those students and it, it really really does change the course for some of these students yeah and, and you don't need, uh, you know, and it might not work for every single student in your class, but, you know, you got to try something. And as long as it's fun and, you know, you're, you're all just like, yeah, this is just kind of what we do. Um, it's fine. Kids, kids get used to uh, lots of things. They, they're able to learn and adapt and just, just go with it, you know? I, I couldn't agree more that it's not going to work with everyone. But what I do like to sort of point out that, Gamification for me at the heart of it is really about relationships and building that relationship with the student and and as best you can tailoring the game experience to those students and those relationships you, you have. Um, so with that said, it doesn't fit everyone, but it, for me, it has been the highest like percentage of students who I think are all in and enjoy 
like my class and my experience and kind of on the flip side not doing gamification like that's kind of like everybody else's class like so if you're gonna say because i've had some teachers say like well i don't really want to do it because some students might not like it and i guess my instantaneous defense would be that like some students already don't like your class some students already don't like school so if you're just going to run it like every other class man like you're you're providing nobody like there is a group of students that aren't being hit right now and at least gamification is different so at least we're going to switch the percentages and switch the group of people that it hits um in fact the, the group that probably doesn't like my gamification experience the most is my high flyers it, it is my a plus students because they understand the game of school and then when you say in this class i'm just going to turn all that up on its head and all of a sudden we're going to do something completely different they're like wait a minute like i i understand how to get an a and now i don't understand it like what like now i'm super confused almost the rest of the class is like sweet i'm in this is different <laughs> i'm in yeah and it's uh it's one of the things i, I do i did mention in my session with um that uh, school, when you think about it, it's school in general is is a very poorly designed game. Yep. Uh, you know, if you look at Jane McGonigal's work and you talk about like what is a game and she breaks it down and it's you know an objective and it's some rules and a feedback mechanism and and voluntary participation and you apply those things to a game and you're like, yeah, it totally makes sense. You start applying those things like what's the objective of school? I, I don't know what are the rules of school. Depends on who you're with and where and what class and what school and. And, you know, how do you know how well you're doing? What Teachers, friends, parents, like there's so many overlapping feedback systems that like uh, oppose each other. Uh, you just never know how well you're doing and you have to be there. So it, it is this like game that has all the components of a game, but it doesn't really like mesh and it doesn't, it's not a well-designed experience often. So I view- By a long shot. Yeah. So I view gamification as an attempt to- take all of those things an objective and rules and a feedback system and, and add some voluntary participation and carve out that space where things are well-designed, where things flow, where kids do know how well they're doing and how they're doing in this game of school. Um, that's, that's kind of how I like to, the, where I like to start from, like, how would you like to design this space so that those things make sense within this crazy chaotic world of the game of school uh, maybe make a little mini game in your class that actually yep. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I often suggest, and here would be a great space to do it, uh, you know, start small, you know, like gamify a lesson, gamify a unit, you know, put them on teams or do something like that for just your Shakespeare unit or just your, you know, science unit like that. And then from there, like really, if you, if you're able to do it for a unit, um, what you can do if you really liked it is take that unit design and just expand it out to your whole course. That's pretty much how I got started. Like mine was just a Greek unit. And then from there, I just sort of expanded that Greek unit out to the whole year. I took the points that you used to be able to acquire kind of faster. Now I slowed that down because it's like a year, year game or the levels you had to hit, like got a little bigger. And it was a great place to start. I still needed a ton more to develop for the year, but it was like easy for me to conceptualize that this could work. Knew that I had to fill some things in. So starting with the units are really, I think, a good way to go. No, absolutely. It is, um, 
when you really get down to think about like the best lessons you've ever planned and like how much forethought you put into that, um, you know, that's the kind of level of planning that it takes to, to make this and, and then some, because you have to like, think about how does your theme fit with all this and how does your feedback systems work with, uh, you know, um, so just designing the, that great lesson and then, and then even a little bit more effort than that. Uh, I think it's, uh, starting small is definitely the way to go. And every teacher I work with, uh, they get really excited about gamification. They're like, I want to do the whole thing. And I'm like, well, just like slow down because your first, uh, and I don't know if this was your experience too, but like the first lesson or little unit that you do after you get like a week or two into it, you're like, oh yeah, that's okay. That's not working. Okay. <laughs> I got to tweak that. I got to tweak that. Okay. And, and you'd be glad if you didn't do like your whole year and then you were locked into those rules for the whole year. So like just figuring out what, uh, what works and what doesn't, uh, it, it's the game design process, you know, it's like, uh, it, like beta testing, right? You, you start designing, uh, your game, you get your, uh, you get your rules together. You get a functional, uh, part of the game. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> and uh <laughs> you're on you're you're on on the youtube that's great i don't know this is gonna be on youtube i'm sure that's fine know. that's fine um anyway uh but you would be glad to um i'm sorry where was i <laughs> uh it, it's good to find what doesn't work because every every time you design a game I, like like i think that game designers they they have the best intentions for their players but then when players actually get in and start playing the game, the players have a much different idea of what that game is about. And they find all the loopholes and all the things that don't quite work. And they, they push the envelopes of the game. And you're going to find that very quickly, I think. Uh, did you find that at all? When it, with oh, your definitely. Especially like, oh, man, when you design, like, so my game's at the point where they're earning these items that give them power-ups. And there's combinations of items. I have a website where I hide things that they can find. And like all the kids push the rules on like these combinations and they're not being jerks. Like they're just thinking like a gamer, like, wait a minute. So if I use this item and this item, this item, based on what it says, I can do like, I can earn a zillion points tomorrow. And you're like, Ooh, that's not how, that's not how I intended it. But I, <laughs> you are correct. That's how it reads. But doesn't that like reflect how, what we want our students to be doing in the real world. They totally. like, okay, there's this rule and this rule and that rule. And if I look at those, then my opportunity is, so I'm going to try this. No, I think it's, I think I'd really, at first I like got a little ticked about it. Like at first I was like, Oh, you little jerk. Like I'm trying to do this like fun thing. And you're like trying to bend the frigging rules to like yourself. And it wasn't long after. I mean, it was like a week later that I was kind of like, I mean, this is really great. I mean, like kids are, that means they're thinking about my game. They're kind of pushing those limits, which like you just said, real world scenario, like that's awesome. They're trying to achieve a goal and they're trying to think of the best, most efficient way to achieve that goal. Um, they're trying to see if there's, you know, even better ways than what I laid out. Um, I think it's kind of phenomenal. But you did touch upon something that I think people need to be aware of, like gamification one of the reasons I think it is so successful is the same reason, and I hope I'm not going to offend anybody. Many people don't do it. It it takes time. And I don't mean time out of your class. I mean it takes 
your time. It takes time out of your life. Like, cause what I'm, what the gamification community is asking you to do as you just, as we stated earlier, like to have a greater level of intentionality towards your class. Well, if it's a greater level, that means it's a greater investment. Like you, you're going to get more out. It's going to work because you've been more intentional. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but I know some people like get all excited about it. They do it for a week. They're like, this is amazing. And then the third week they're like, oh man, I'm still, oh man, like I have to print off some badges and I'm cutting them up and like kids are asking what's the next quest and I got to make the quest and you're like, ah, I don't want to do it anymore. And mm -hmm. so like, be ready. Like if you want to go whole hog, if you want to do the year, like recognize it is, in my opinion, one of the greatest investments you'll make in your career and in your classroom. Uh, but it is going to be a greater investment than what you have made. Yeah. And I think that um, every every time I, I run a session, there are people who come up to me after the session, these teachers, and they're like, oh, this is what I did with my classroom. And they're so excited about what they did with their classroom. Like, I did this and I did this. And it's every everyone comes up with a different game. But the similarity that they have between themselves is that I feel that they're very energized and they're excited about the game and the space that they're creating. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and, and I think that if you are not ready to do that, and if that's if you're if you're not ready to be excited about the own your own game that you're creating, like maybe maybe you're not ready for this. Uh, you know, like because you have to you have to believe in the world, you have to create the world, you really have to 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 be okay being there. And uh, you really have to love it. But I think if you do, you'll find that uh, you get motivated and you get energized about, oh, now I can come up with this lesson and this quest. And, oh, I, I can come up with an extra thing. And it helps you get excited about structuring your lessons in your class. Totally. I think uh, what I'd like to say here is uh, for, for those of you listening to it, you know, fresh when this comes out on Tuesday. Uh, my latest YouTube video is about, I, I call it incubation moments. And it's this idea that for me, mainly fourth quarter is such a good incubator of ideas. Like, so, you know, this part, it works in with this topic. So many people think like, well, I'll look at this in summer. Maybe I'll gamify next year. No, like do something now, put something in play now. You know, these kids, I mean, like, you, you don't have to work really hard at like creating assignments. Like you can put, you know, do essay on board and they know all your expectations right now. Like this is kind of almost your easiest moment. It's a great time to add that layer and see what it's like. And then in summer, if you want to tweak it, you had all that live data, you had that live experience. So check out that YouTube video, but also, you know, if you don't get time, that's kind of the core of it. And like, I'd really recommend that you, you try out some of this gamification stuff here in that incubator moment of fourth quarter. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, it's just taking something and, and, you know, the term in the gaming industry is called play testing, where you have this group of people that you know, and you can just, you know, do a rough outline, get a, get a rough draft of your game, just barely workable, just, just something, and then see what happens when you take those players and you put them in there and just see what happens and see what breaks and take notes and learn from it. Right. And then over the summer, start doing your tweaking be like, yeah, okay, that didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work. Uh, but, but to really be intentional about like, okay, 
I know this isn't going to work right away. I know it's going to fail, but I'm going to learn from that and I'm going to remodel and try again next year. I think it's a great time. I love it. How? Well, Chris, it is reflection time. Can you really? Already? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just, I know it's like we scratched the surface, which <laughs> always excites me because it means that like we're destined to have another conversation, Chris, because that, that's good news. That's great. I'd love to be back. This just goes so quick. So are you ready? I'm going to like read the quote and then uh, if you can kind of tell me how it hits you. Sure. Uh, this one comes from another gamification author, Yao Kai Chao. Um, he, he's written a couple books on gamification. His books are a little more about like gamification in general, the game industry, you know, gamification in corporate America. Like he's not really educational center, but you can get a lot out of his books in terms of design. So here's his quote. Gamification is design that places most emphasis on the human motivation in the process. In essence, it is human-focused design. How's that hit you? I, I mean, I think that's like exactly what we were talking about. We talked about how school is is sometimes poorly designed for the people who are in it, right? And we're trying to design an experience for students in our classroom that that makes sense, that uh, allows them to feel safe and take risks and. Uh, you know, I, I just think it, it's lesson design and game design. They learn for a lot from each other. Like like you said, uh, the, the author of the quote, he uh, is more of the, the game design field, right? Is that what, yep. And, and but that's you can apply that directly to lesson design. So I, I'd say the more you study game design and how you design uh, experiences for players, uh, then you just kind of flip that over and say, does this lesson do those things? What experience am I creating in my classroom for my humans? And uh... <laughs> <laughs> our little humans. I love it. Uh, I totally agree. I mean, good, good gamification is good teaching. I mean, game designers have, I would say, one of the more unique challenges in our world, right? They deal with our kids, the same target market that we have, and we all know how much we complain about them not reading the directions, not willing to like do the homework that we've put out for them, not organized, whatever complaint you hear. Um, they have that same target market. And these game designers have to design a game that they know full well that these are the kids, right? That they're not going to sit down and read a 12-page manual before they play. Mm -hmm. They're going to load it up and play. And so the game designer has to design something that the rules are going to be taught to you through play, right? They're like You're going to experience a little more difficulty that teaches you a new limitation you have in the game. You can't jump that far. Oh, I must. there must be an item. Oh, yeah, sure enough, there's a lasso, right? Like they have to teach it to you without being next to you. I mean, the, the game designer is never going to meet you, the game player. So it has to be designed entirely like away from you and you have to understand it. You have to get it and at the same time be motivated enough to learn that next level, that next thing. Uh, I think that's incredibly difficult. But again, it just speaks to a level of intentionality that they have to constantly be thinking about that user in every decision they make. And, and good game design does that good game design makes you want to play again makes you want to try again 
uh, makes you want to find more, whatever the storyline of the game is. But it, it really works. And again, we'll never meet that game designer. No. <laughs> Very challenging. And so in a way, teachers are lucky because at least we're there and we can change the rules on the fly. And we can, you know, we can work with our students. You know, we don't have to be like, okay, I got to set and get everything perfect and then just put my students in and I'll see them a year later. <laughs> yeah. We can be in there and work with them. So, uh, you know, uh, it's, that's really interesting. But yeah. No, great game design, great teaching design. It's, it's all one and the same. Definitely. I would agree. Well, thank you, Chris, for joining us on Well Played today. Yeah. Welcome. I love being here. Um, yeah, if people are interested in uh, hearing more about what I have to say about this, I got uh, my blog, insertcoin.org, and uh, you can go and read uh, the Insert Coin blog series. It's like a nine-part little blog thing that walks you through my ideas of like, here are the things to remember as you're going through uh, your process of gamification. That'd be a great place to start. Um, and uh, yeah, so more of me there. Find me on Twitter. Uh, contact me. Love talking about this stuff. So definitely check out Chris's stuff. He's a great guy and definitely really helpful material on his website. And if you get a chance to check him out, uh, Summer Spark, he'll be presenting there. Uh, everybody else, don't forget to check out explorelikeapirate.com for all sorts of more ideas on this vlogs, blogs, podcasts. Uh, also, if you could subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Matera. That has all sorts of educational stuff, tons on gamification, but other things as well. Um, everybody, thanks for listening. It's always an honor having you guys each and every week. Uh, it means a lot, and hope that you guys have a good one.